Auzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'ana bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilmen nafi'ah. Allahumme erinel hakka hakkan ve erzukna ittiba'ah. Ve erinel batıla batılan ve erzukna ictinabe. Rabbi şrahli sadri ve yessirli emri. Vahlul uqdeten min lisani yefkahu kavli. Esselamu aleykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Ramadan is coming. Inshallah, in this episode we will begin reading the treaties on Ramadan and continue through uh, through the month of Ramadan, inshallah, with God's enabling grace. The treatise on Ramadan is part of the 29th letter. The 29th letter is in the book, The Letters, Mektubat. It was written after the words that we have been regularly reading. The uh, 29th letter is composed of several sections, and the second section, uh, it's also called the second treatise, is about Ramadan. So, Bismillah, we will read it now. The 29th letter, the second treatise, and this is on the noble Ramadan. Ramazan-ı Şerif'e dairdir. Birinci kısmın ahirinde Şe'air-i İslamiye'den bir nevze bahsedildiğinden, Şe'airin içinde en parlak ve muhteşem olan Ramazan-ı Şerif'e dair olan bu ikinci kısımda, bir kısım hikmetleri zikredilecektir. Bu ikinci kısım Ramazan-ı Şerif'in pek çok, pek çok hikmetlerinden dokuz hikmetini beyan eden dokuz nüktedir. Having discussed to some extent the tokens of Islam at the end of the first section, in this section, which will be about the noble Ramadan, the most brilliant and magnificent, uh, magnificent one among those tokens, some of the wisdoms of the noble Ramadan will be mentioned. The second section comprises nine subtle points that expound nine out of many wisdoms of the noble Ramadan. So, in the previous section, as we mentioned, the 29th letter is composed of uh, several sections, and this is the second one. In the first one, at the end of it, Stad Nursi talks about the concept of tokens of Islam, Sha'ayri Islamiyya. So, Sha'ayri Islamiyya refers to those practices um, and, and institutions among Muslims that indicate that they are Muslim, that this community, this society is a Muslim society. For instance, uh, when the Prophet وسلم, sent an expedition onto a tribe that they suspected of or had information about uh, being an enemy tribe and uh, being involved in something that would hurt the Muslim community, he would instruct them to, if they arrived at night, to not attack right away, to wait until the morning. And if they heard the adhan being called, 
then they were they were required to not attack and return because if they called the adhan that would indicate that they were muslims they were believers they were still loyal to the uh, community that was emerging around the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the medinan era so adhan then is one of the tokens of islam you go to a community you go to a society you go to a country and you see certain things that indicate that it is a muslim community muslim society muslim country you go to istanbul for instance and you see mosques everywhere minarets and domes you hear the adhan being called all over when the time comes you go to egypt you go to cairo the same thing you see minarets in the entire horizon of the city wherever you look you see um, you know minarets and you hear the adhan at the time of prayer if you ever go to cairo during the month of ramadan you will see that the entire uh, schedule of life is transformed people first of all because and also because it's a hot climate people live at night after iftar after fast break you will see them you know all outside in the in the streets uh, if they want if the, if kids want to play soccer they will go out and play at night uh, you know during the day they will rest they will sleep and they will go to work but the work will let them out early or will start late right so the entire life transforms and that transformation of life tells you that this is the month of ramadan and people are fasting in the month of ramadan and this is a muslim society so ramadan because of the way it transforms the lives of believers for an entire month in such fundamental significant ways is an indication that this is a muslim community and therefore it is among the sha'air among the tokens of islam and not only it is among the tokens of islam ustad nursi refers to to it as um as the most brilliant and magnificent one among the tokens of islam it involves the entire community it transforms life entirely and it is filled with so much blessing that those transformations are not only um in appearance but the hearts are transformed you know the satan is chained after all so we will talk about the wisdoms in the in the month of ramadan and wisdom tends to indicate um purpose what one thing leads to as a consequence so consequence but intended consequence so in this context what the way we can understand the word wisdom hikmah or hikmet is the benefits of ramadan the wisdoms the benefits that we can understand or we can think of in god ordaining this month as a month of fasting and worship and community and so on and so forth of course the actual cause belongs to god uh, we may not know the actual cause the illa the rationale behind it we leave that to god but there are wisdoms that we can understand and that is what ustad nursi will talk about in relation to the month of ramadan here and by understanding those wisdoms 
those benefits, those purposes, we can also adjust our attitude toward the month of Ramadan so, we can, so that we can gain, acquire more and more of those benefits. Because if you don't intend to acquire something, you don't intend it. Or if you are not aware of the benefits that may come from something, you may you know, go through the motions, but in the end you may not acquire those benefits because you did not even notice that they were there. You know, looking and seeing is not the same thing. So this helps us to modify our attitude, our point of view, perspective about Ramadan so that we can benefit from it immensely, inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of God, the merciful, the mercy giver. شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن هدى للناس وبينات من الهدى والفرقان. It was in the month of Ramadan that the Quran was revealed as guidance for mankind, clear messages giving guidance and distinguishing between right and wrong. This is from the Surah Al-Baqarah, uh, the second chapter of the Quran, verse 285. It is the the verse that um ordained fasting uh, to to believers and this is the beginning of the verse only it it has it is a longer uh, verse ustad nursi took this part and this treatise is a commentary on this verse so let's read it again it was in the month of ramadan that the quran was revealed so it is the month of quran right that is one thing the better we understand the Quran, the more we engage the Quran, the, the more we get close to uh, the, the purpose or, or wisdoms of this month. It was in the month of Ramadan that the Quran was revealed as guidance for mankind. So there's a guidance in this and we need to or we want to take our share from that guidance clear messages giving guidance so bayinatin clear messages minal huda so clear messages giving guidance and well furqan the criterion the criterion that helps us distinguish between right and wrong these are all qualifiers of the quran and it is important that god connects the month of ramadan with the with the quran we need to increase our engagement of the quran in this month now how can we do that of course one way to do that is to read the quran more um, to be in uh, contexts places where people read the quran try to benefit from it the qiyam the taraweeh the uh, night prayers after the last prayer of the day uh, that we increase in the month of ramadan is an important opportunity for this in many masajid in many mosques they pray the the taraweeh uh, with hatm by trying to finish the quran from be beginning to end by the end of the month of ramadan and of course uh, given the pandemic circumstances this may not be an option for everybody but we can all pray taraweeh at night uh, we may not know 
the Quran, Quran by heart from beginning to end and we may not be able to do it but in um, in supererogatory prayers there there are permissions that that allow uh, believers to take the Quran in their hands and read in the prayer so this would not be okay in a fard uh, prayer an obligatory uh, prayer but in the supererogatory prayers there is an allowance uh, for this but it doesn't have to be in prayer outside the prayer we can you know take the quran and read try to understand most important try to implement this is all good all beautiful and this is something that believers already um, do there's a lot of exhortation for this a lot of encouragement uh, for this in our tradition and in our practice uh, and the, the imams of our mosques will do this Ustad Nursi will draw our attention to some other and really important aspect of um, the Quran and the Quranic message in this in this treatise. So it is all about the Quran, but it is not only about reading the Quran more. It's also about trying to engage the message of the Quran, right? Tawhid, for instance, monotheism. How do we? um deepen deepen our understanding of monotheism tawhid and its implications in our lives by engaging the quran more by engaging its message more and by taking advantage of the blessings is blessings and practices of this month so inshallah if we try to read uh, this treatise the uh the second treatise of the 29th letter the treatise on ramadan inshallah i'm hoping that we will accrue a lot of benefit so standards he said that this um, treatise is composed of nine subtle points we will begin with the first one birincinlikte first subtle point ramazan-ı şerifteki savm islamiyetin erkanı hamsesinin birincilerindendir hem şeair-i İslamiyenin azamlarındandır. Fasting in the noble Ramadan is among the foremost of the five pillars of Islam. What are the five pillars of Islam? It is uh, you know, the testimony of faith, saying at least once in one's lifetime, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah and Muhammad وسلم, is his messenger, slave and messenger. Right, this is one. And then praying five times a day the, or praying the obligatory prayers, then fasting, then going on Hajj, pilgrimage, then uh, paying the obligatory alms that are due on those who have a certain amount of wealth. So Ustad Nursi says, fasting in the noble Ramadan is among the foremost of the uh, five pillars of Islam. Now he doesn't say it is the foremost, but among the foremost. And you know, depending on from what point of view, whichever the, the one that comes foremost may change, right? But regardless, this is one of the really important, this is really important among those uh, especially with regard to it being a 
token of Islam and that's what he says next furthermore it is among the most tremendous tokens of Islam now all of the pillars of Islam five pillars of Islam have aspects that um, render them tokens of Islam taking the testament testimony of faith for instance is not a private act it is accepting with the heart and articulating your acceptance with your tongue it is required we cannot recognize a person as a believer if that person does not take the testimony of faith um, you know vocally just keeps it in the in in the heart of course if we are in a muslim community we assume that everybody there uh, around us are muslim anybody that we see praying anybody that we see fasting anybody that we see performing the hajj etc etc we assume that they are muslim right but we assume that they are muslim because we assume that they are taking the testimony of faith they they are testifying the message of the testimony of of faith right now hajj of course it's a you know it's among the shayir it's among the tokens of islam it is something that you know gathers so many believers at a at a time at a specific time in the year prayer well now there are the supererogatory prayers that might be better to do at home uh, the night prayers the tahajjud prayers for instance you it is better that we do it uh, in the in the solace of our houses uh, in which we try to increase our intimacy with our lord and there can be ostentation involved in that but if it is an obligatory prayer ostentation is not a concern and there can still be ostentation in a person's heart right but ostentation is not a concern in relation to that prayer being done in openly publicly it is actually encouraged we go to the mosque and we pray in in congregation the alms right when you give charity it might be better to give it secretly that your left hand does not know what your right hand has given but if it is the obligatory alm you are obliged to do it there is no concern about giving it uh, you know secretly privately etc etc no you can give it publicly and ostentation does not become a concern in relation to it being given given openly it can become a concern in other respects depending on what is in your heart but giving it openly is okay now when it comes to ramadan Ustad nursi says it is among the foremost uh, it is among the most tremendous tokens of islam it transforms life entirely it transforms the, the society's life the community's muslim community's life and it transforms the believers own lives when we all have to eat in order to survive and given our habits today we tend to eat at least three times a day breakfast lunch dinner when ramadan comes you get up in the middle of the night before uh, before fajr before the sun's sun uh, sunlight starts to show uh, at, at dawn you eat and drink and then at dawn you stop you seal your mouth you don't eat anything until dusk until sunset in the evening 
So the entire time during which you would be eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, you eat nothing. And of course, not eating is not the only thing that relates to you know, fasting, but because this is such conspicuous, such a conspicuous change in our lives, we cannot not notice it happening. So in, this is in our private lives. And then nobody around us in this society, if they, uh, I mean, if they are mukallaf, uh, they are accountable, and they are obliged to to fast at the time because of the circum uh, their circumstances. For instance, if, if a person is traveling, they they don't have to. If a person is sick, they don't have to, etc., etc. Then they also all fast. So the behaviors of the entire community changes. You don't have restaurants. You have to be a bit more careful about people because because of hunger, they might be a bit more you know, prone to uh, getting angry. Uh, in some uh, places, the work schedules will change, right? And then when it is evening, at, at dusk time, people will usually come together, eat together. There will be iftars. Uh, relatives will invite each other. Neighbors will e invite each other. The communal solidarity will be boost, will get a boost from this all. So it is a token of Islam that is so obvious that is so transformative of life it is among the most tremendous tokens of islam işte ramazan-ı şerifteki orucun çok hikmetleri hem cenab-ı hakk'ın rububiyetine hem insanın hayat-ı içtimaiyesine hem hayat-ı şahsiyesine hem nefsin terbiyesine hem ni'am-ı ilahiyenin şükrüne bakar hikmetleri var so among the many wisdoms of fasting in the noble ramadan there are wisdoms that concern the lordship of the sublime real, the social life of the human being, his personal life, the disciplining of the lower soul, and the gratitude pertaining to divine blessings. So Ustad Nursi categorized these wisdoms in five categories. Wisdoms that concern the lordship of the sublime real. God. Right? God's lordship. Rububiyya. The social life of the human being. Wisdoms concerning the social life of the human being. Wisdoms concerning the personal life of the human being. Wisdoms concerning the disciplining of the lower soul. And wisdoms that pertain to the... Or wisdoms concerning the gratitude that pertains to divine blessings. Five categories. There are many more. And these can, uh, you know cross over one another they, they are not uh, mutually exclusive but this can help us to help us th in thinking about uh, these wisdoms and and um, articulating it and uh, imagining them in our minds i'm going to read it again there are wisdoms that concern the lordship of the sublime real we always start with our lord There are wisdoms that concern the social life of the human being in fasting. There are wisdoms that concern the personal life of the human being. There are wisdoms that concern the disciplining of the lower soul. And there are wisdoms that concern the gratitude that pertains to divine blessings. Inshallah, we will go over all of them throughout this uh, treatise. And it would, it would be helpful if we try to keep this in mind. Cenab-ı Hakk'ın rububiyeti noktasında orucun çok hikmetlerinden bir hikmeti şudur ki 
One among the many wisdoms of fasting with regard to the sublime real's lordship is this. So in this subtle point uh, out of nine, there are nine subtle points. This is the first one. In this subtle point, we will primarily focus on the wisdoms of fasting with regard to God's, the sublime real's lordship. Lordship. What does lordship mean? We are translating the word rububiyya. What does rububiyya mean? It is that God is the Rabb. Rabb, we are translating it as the Lord, right? But we should not think of this as uh, like a feudal landlord, that we would be falling very far from the intended meaning if we uh, did, did that. Lord does not only mean the owner, possessor, like the slave owner. No, it is also the protector. It is the one to whom you go when you are in need, when you are in difficulty. The one who protects you from enemies. The one um, with whom you have a bond of obligations, but also love, affection, and trust. And you respect him. So you love him, you trust him, you respect him. So that is something you know that brings us closer to the meaning of this word but it is one of the most tremendous names of god and according to some narrations it is the most tremendous or according to some scholars some uh, some gnostics it is the most tremendous uh, name right rub it is a name that is that can be um, conceived in the mind as so personal we say rabbi oh my lord right it concerns each and every creature's personal relationship with god and it concerns god's um god's turning to each and every creature as their personal lord and then he is also the rabbul alamin he is the lord of all the realms all the worlds and therefore it can be expanded from that personal relationship to the the universal relationship too it also indicates an interaction when we say oluhiya divinity it is mostly about that we are worshiping god it concerns our primarily concerns our worship of god when we say rububiya let's say it concerns uh, uh, you know god providing for us god being the provider that we turn to him with our supplications and we put our needs at his at his uh, at the at the doors or at the gates of his court and then we look at look look look forward to our needs being uh, provided by him so one among the many wisdoms of fasting with regard to the sublime reels lordship is this cenab-ı hak zemin yüzünü bir sofra-i nimet suretinde halk etti ve bütün enva-i nimeti o sofrada min haythu la yahtasib bir tarzda o sofraya dizdiği cihetle kemal-i rububiyetini ve rahmaniyet ve rahimiyetini o vaziyetle ifade ediyor Having created the face of the earth in the form of a table of blessings. A table of blessings. 
This is such a beautiful expression. Sofreinimet, a table of blessings. Next time you go out and look, especially if you can go out to in a countryside, perhaps you know somewhere where there are fields or orchards. Next time you do this, or perhaps you know animals grazing. Think of it as a table of blessings, filled with all sorts of um, you know, provision. And it doesn't have to be provision that we eat. You know, you go out and you look and there is a provision for the eye. There is the beauty that is there. You listen to the birds chirping and there is a blessing for the ears there. You feel the soft breeze on your face. There's a blessing for the touch. Right? It is full of blessings. Having created the face of the earth in the form of a table of blessings and organized all varieties of his blessings on that table in a way whence it is not expected. Right? Having organized all varieties of his blessings on that table in a way whence it is not expected. And this is a, an expression from the Quran. With that situation, the sublime real God expresses the perfection of his lordship and that he is the merciful and the mercy giver by spreading his blessings all over the face of the earth he is telling us look my lordship is perfect i did not uh, you know I, I did not leave anything missing for you before I brought you to this earth when Adam was sent and all human beings ever, since the time of Adam as we have been living on this earth. Before I brought you to the fa face of this earth, I prepared it like a cradle. The way we prepare cradles for uh, expected babies, the you know, most beautiful uh, sheets, the softest or you know most appropriate mattress we think of everything now you know you have these instructions the sheet has to be tight so that if the baby turns around for instance if the sheet is not tight and the mattress is too soft the baby may be smothered maybe may suffocate etc etc we pay attention to all sorts of details so in the way that we prepare cradles for expected babies our lord has prepared this this face of the earth for us with everything that we may need from food to pleasures of touch the pleasures of the sight uh, faculty of sight pleasures of hearing um, also medicine all sorts of plants and minerals that serve uh, uh, in medicinal uh, functions it is prepared perfectly he is taking care of us he has taken perfect care of us well are there hardships those hardships are there to take care of us too because we are not here to stay we are being prepared for you know for something to to come if you were to go to a uh, you know a training place let's say we are uh, training for a, a sports competition of course we would expect that the trainer there are going to expose us to some difficulty some challenge we, because we are there to improve our skills, our muscles, our co muscle coordination, our stamina, our psychological attitude. Right? There has to be challenges that build us up. So if you went to a training place and it was all you know, nice, comfy, 
you know, we ate and drank and had fun, etc. What did we train for? Or how did we train for? We we would we would be if especially if you are paying for this, we would be uh, justified to go to the administration and say or management and say, I want my money back. You are not training me. So if there are difficulties here, that is also an indication of the perfection of his lordship because the purpose is for us to train and prepare here. And that he is the merciful and the mercy giver. He sees our needs and he has prepared. He has prepared all that is necessary to, to meet uh, those needs. And not only in a general sense, but also as a mercy giver to the tiniest detail and specification. The fish that needs a, you know, let's say 2% of salt in the water, 2% uh, of concentration of salt in the water, right, is given a 2% concentration of salt water. The fish that needs 25 degrees uh, centigrade in the water is given 25 degrees centigrade water the flower that needs uh, this the sunlight to increase late in May is placed in a place where it increases late in May the the bird that is uh, uh, laying eggs at a certain time and then the chicks are hatching at a certain time is put in a place where insects come out of their eggs around that time so that the bird can eat them and you know provide uh, food to its chicks etc etc the sublime real has prepared the earth in the form of a table of blessings and organized all varieties of his blessings on that table in a way whence it is not expected and with that situation he is expressing the perfection of his lordship and that he is the merciful and the mercy giver and what, what befalls us, of course, to recognize this, to appreciate this. The problem is, are we able to do it? Can we do it on a constant, continuous basis in the way that it deserves to be appreciated? Let's see. İnsanlar... Gaflet perdesi altında ve esbab dairesinde o vaziyetin ifade ettiği hakikati tam göremiyor, bazen unutuyor. Ramazan-ı Şerif'te ise ehli iman birden muntazam bir ordu hükmüne geçer. Sultan-ı Ezeli'nin ziyafetine davet edilmiş bir surette akşama yakın buyurunuz emrini bekliyorlar gibi bir tavrı ububiyet kârane göstermeleri o şefkatli ve haşmetli ve külliyetli rahmaniyete karşı müsaatli ve azametli ve intizamlı bir ubudiyetle mukabele ediyorlar. Acaba böyle ulvi ubudiyete ve şerefi keramete iştirak etmeyen insanlar insan ismine layık mıdırlar? Layık mıdırlar? Under the veil of heedlessness and in the sphere of causes, people cannot fully recognize the reality that this situation expresses and sometimes they forget. So there we have two big problems that that um, hinder our ability to recognize and appreciate God's the perfection of God's lordship, and that He is the merciful and the mercy giver, the perfection of His mercy. 
And this is a big problem because we are here in this world in order to recognize and appreciate that. So if we can't recognize it, that means we are not able to fulfill our very, our core purpose. What are those problems? The veil of heedlessness and this in the and the sphere of causes heedlessness we become desensitized we move in around and about the world without recognizing its miracles and without appreciating our lord's acts in it we look at the star shining and twinkling in the middle of the night on a clear uh, firmament and we don't say subhanallah how beautiful has god created this glory be to you O my lord no we just say oh star it is you know a huge mass of hydrogen exploding continuously and then emanating light and that light travels in space it is you know matter and energy some force we don't we don't give its due in terms of the meanings that it carries in terms of the appreciation that it deserves in terms of the connection that it has with its lord and that we need to see and grant we become desensitized we get the food in front of us at breakfast time and before we got the food in front of us the day before and the day before and the day before and the day before and the day before all the way back to whenever we you know came to this world we think that it is normal we think that it is the norm we do not recognize how majestic a thing it is that we have this food in front of us that it perfectly meets our needs for nutrition and not only that that it also provides taste and pleasure and you know there is whoever created this for us whoever made this possible for us and here we are not talking only about the cook whoever made this possible for us whoever designed this universe in a way that makes this food possibly uh, that makes this food uh, come in front of me that makes it possible for this food to come in front of me and that i eat it and whoever gave these taste buds to me and these teeth these teeth and this tongue that tastes and these teeth that chew and this ability to swallow and this this stomach that digests and these intestines that take the nutrition from the food and transfers it to my blood and these veins that convey the blood throughout my body and these cells etc etc keeps going on what a miraculous thing this is but because it happens every day we forget we forget we become desensitized we cannot recognize the majesty and beauty and perfection that is that is characterizing everything that surrounds our lives and and attributing things to mere causes or things that we identify as causes as if the causes or as if what we call the causes have an agency as if it is you know the earth that pulls the apple that falls 
what do you mean that earth is pulling the apple what is gravity what is it it is just something that we observe again and again and we form a habit to expect it to to happen the same way that we observed it had happened before but does that does that guarantee that it will happen the same way no what is may not be next time it may not be unless we relate it to god and we take our lord's word that he's he's he does not change his custom then okay we can have certainty that it's going to happen the same way next time too and if it doesn't happen the same way next time it is because our lord has chosen and there's a blessing there is a wisdom there is mercy in that too but we get used to we get used to assuming that the sun rises and it gets it gets bright outside and we start to see things and then you know a few hours later the sun will set and it will become dark and we will have this uh, tranquil and peaceful night in which our body can sleep and rest we connect the darkness to the sunset and the brightness to the sunrise and we forget that there is one who is making the sunrise and who is making the sunset there is one who is creating brightness light and one who is creating darkness there is one who is creating life and one who is creating death one who is creating that that that pleasure in our in our mouth when we eat the let's say apricot and and you know taste taste uh i don't know let's say a really well cooked uh piece of meat roasted meat we forget all of this we fall into heedlessness and by attributing things to these constructs that we call the causes we even justify our heedlessness that is even worse it is not only forgetting but also justifying a state of heedlessness and may god protect us from from that but there are people out there and have historically been uh, people out there who even think think that thinking beyond the apparent causes is, is something negative you should you know it, it is met, they would say like it is metaphysical you are just filling in the gaps no we are not just filling in the gaps you are leaving the gaps you are agreeing to living with huge gaps in, in your life we don't want gaps because we don't need gaps because we know that what you think of as gaps is more real than the matter that brackets those gaps the metaphysical reality is much bigger much greater much tremendous much obvious much necessary to our health and wealth and eternal salvation than those tiny insignificant you know hair like pieces of matter that bracket the actual reality that is the metaphysical reality of meanings but this is how our brains work this is how satan tricks us this is how our lower souls feel more comfortable this is how the world lures us under the veil of heedlessness and in the sphere of causes 
people cannot fully recognize fully recognize the reality that this situation that god has spread his blessings on the face of the earth and organized them like a table and with that he is expressing his the perfection of his lordship his mercifulness and that he is the mercy giver people cannot fully recognize that reality that this situation expresses and sometimes they forget now during the noble ramadan the month of ramadan the believers suddenly become an army in effect they become like an army in what sense in the sense that the soldiers in an in an army are trained in advance to listen to the command and as soon as the command comes they can act in unison in in one direction with with one motivation if they are ordered to march they march if they are ordered to halt they halt they if they are ordered to turn left they turn if they are ordered to turn right they turn if they are ordered to go to bed they go to bed if they are ordered to get up they get up if they are ordered to eat they eat if they are ordered to stop they stop we all become like these well-trained obedient soldiers and all together we become like an army we become an army in effect with an attitude of worshipful slavehood or rodiya as if they are invited to the banquet of the sultan of pre-eternity and are waiting for the command help yourselves in fadlal in arabic buyrun in turkish right help you help yourselves as it gets close to the evening they respond to that compassionate sublime and universal mercifulness mercifulness is everywhere but we forget it with because of our heedlessness because of our attribution them to causes now we recognize it we respond to that compassionate sublime and universal mercifulness with an extensive vast tremendous and orderly worshipful slavehood so we have two two um, aspects to reality somewhere Stadnusi talks about this as two tableaus two beautiful pictures facing one another one is the tableau of worshipful slavehood the entire creation is there and we are in there and the other is the tableau of divinity God the creator the creator and the creation and there is a perfect and beautiful relationship between the two in Ramadan in the month of Ramadan as believers become like an army in effect and as they are waiting for the command help yourselves as it gets close to the evening now they are fully recognizing what's going on they respond to that compassionate sublime and universal mercifulness they ate that food every day but they forgot that it is a blessing that it is an act of mercy now that they stopped eating until the evening until that command which is going to come from the the one who owns the blessing the one who gives the blessing right as they are waiting there now they recognize oh my god how, how you know what would i do if it were not for this how how needy i am how much i am in need of this nutrition and you are giving it to me you you the, the, the merciful one you the mercy giver one you the mercy giver 
right they respond to that compassionate that sublime and universal mercifulness so not only for me but but for everything universally if i can recognize it it as it pertains to me i can then recognize it as it pertains to everything else too and we respond to it with an extensive vast right i recognize the tremendousness of this compassion this mercy and therefore i want to respond to it with a tremendous vast extensive and orderly right i'm not doing it just you know as i i, I wish i'm doing it in in a way that he my lord wishes orderly worshipful slavehood wonder if the people who do not join in such worshipful slavehood and take their share from the honor of receiving munificence wonder would they be worthy of being called human being called human humanity is not about you know walking on two legs two feet uh, having an intellect that that can judge things that can go to the moon that can i don't know like uh turn motion into electricity and electricity into uh, motion do this or that cure cancer no that is not humanity that is part of humanity but that is not the ultimate meaning of humanity the ultimate meaning of humanity is fulfilling the purpose of the creation of human beings which is the one and most important thing that distinguishes us from everything else that is created which is to be filled with to be equipped with innumerable faculties that are designed to sense our lord's acts and the meanings behind those acts that connect those acts to his names and attributes and to recognize his existence behind those names and attributes and to appreciate them while we could have not appreciated that is that is humanity that is the ultimate meaning of humanity and fasting right depriving ourselves for a certain time in the day from all those blessings and through that deprivation when we come back to it and are able to partake from it once again with the with the munificence with the grace with the mercy and blessing of our lord then we recognize what is ex what is going on here we connect to our humanity to the ultimate meaning of our humanity all right we will move on to the second subtle point ramazan mübarekin savmı cenab-ı hakkın nimetlerinin şükrüne baktığı cihetle çok hikmetlerinden bir hikmeti şudur ki one of the many wisdoms of the fasting of the blessed ramadan concerning gratitude for the sublime real blessings is this so we are going to open uh, that up right we we are recognizing this these blessings as indicators of expressions of the perfection of our lord's lordship 
mercifulness that he is a mercy giver and what befalls us in return is gratitude we are going to open that up now one of the many wisdoms of the fasting of the blessed ramadan concerning gratitude for the sublime reels blessings is this birinci sözde denildiği gibi bir padişahın matbahından bir tablacının getirdiği taamlar bir fiyat ister tablacıya bahşiş verildiği halde çok kıymetdar olan nimetleri kıymetsiz zannedip onu inam edeni tanımamak nihayet derecede bir belahet olduğu gibi Cenab-ı Hak hadsiz enva-ı nimetini nev-i beşere zemin yüzünde neşretmiş, ona mukabil o nimetlerin fiyatı olarak şükür istiyor. O nimetlerin zahiri esbabı ve ashabı tablacı hükmündedirler. O tablacılara bir fiyat veriyoruz, onlara minnettar oluyoruz. Hatta müstahak olmadıkları pek çok fazla hürmet ve teşekkürü ediyoruz. Halbuki münimi hakiki, o esbaptan hadsiz derecede o nimet vasıtasıyla şükre layıktır. İşte ona teşekkür etmek, o nimetleri doğrudan doğruya ondan bilmek, o nimetlerin kıymetini takdir etmek ve o nimetlere kendi ihtiyacını hissetmekle olur. As it is stated in the first word, And first word is the first treatise that we read in this uh, podcast too. Uh, inshallah, if you can go back to maybe the fourth or fifth, because we also had introduction, uh, introductory episodes. Uh, if you can go back to the very beginning of the episodes of this uh, podcast, you can listen to a couple of uh, lessons, uh, reflections on the first word, and you can also uh, go ahead and read it, inshallah. It's a beautiful treatise. As it is stated in the first word, the food that a tray bearer brings from the kitchen of a king requires a price. Imagine, let's say you are a, a peasant in a bad year, there was drought, uh, famine is approaching, you know that things will not go well. Uh, you send a petition to the king and say, well, we are in difficulty here. Could you please send us some uh, supplies from your granaries, from your treasury? And the king uh, receives your petition, accepts it and sends some food with a, you know, with somebody working at the granaries. Of course, you when the when this person comes, let's imagine this as a tray bearer right he it or let's say you go to the uh, you go to a restaurant that's owned by this king and you sit at the table and you ask uh, for food from the king you petition the king and the king sends food with a tray bearer so you would of course thank this worker or uh, this tray bearer because they brought you the, the food but Behind that, you know that this place is owned by the king. This food is owned by the king. This tray bearer is paid, owned by the king, right? So the food that a tray bearer brings from the kitchen of a king requires a price. It is not the tray bearer that requires the price. It is not the effort, the labor of the tray bearer, but the food that is brought from the kitchen of a king requires a price. You thank the tray bearer too, because you are you are nice you want to be nice and there is an effort that's put in there but it is minimal the actual food is provided from the kitchen and the kitchen is owned by the king so in a situation like this it would be foolishness 
to tip the tray bearer, yet presume those much precious blessings to be worthless and to not recognize the one who blesses them. Likewise, the sublime real has spread out innumerable varieties of his blessings on the face of the earth. And in return, he is asking for gratitude as the prize of those blessings. The food that comes from the kitchen, it is spread everywhere on the face of the earth. He spread it. What is he asking? In return, he is asking for gratitude as the prize of those blessings. The apparent causes and possessors of those blessings, the apparent possessors, are tray bearers in effect. The apricot tree that is that apparently in appearance on the face of it is producing the apricot, right? It's just a tray bearer. It is getting it from the kitchen of mercy and bringing bringing to you the um the seed that was sown in the under the under the earth and that sprouted and turned into a beautiful strong stalk of wheat and produced grains of wheat in its ears it is just a tray bearer on the face of it it is what produced along with the earth the sun the water the the air etc etc on the face of it it is it appears to be the cause of the grain sprouting and growing and maturing into grains etc but it is just a tray bearer it took whatever it is offering from the kitchen of the merciful one the apparent causes and possessors of those blessings are tray bearers in effect. We give a we give a price to those tray bearers. Right? We do. The apricot tree, for instance, we water it, we trim it, we protect it from you know, wildlife. Uh, sometimes there might be a pest, we get rid of the take care of the pest, we might be fertilizing it. Uh, we give a part of our land that we possess uh, to it. We might even show affection to it, love it, talk nicely to it, appreciate it. We give a price to those tray bearers. We feel indebted to them. We even show them much respect. And we thank them, even though they do not deserve it. Now, this is a, an important issue. We show this appreciation. We take care of them, right? If we do it because we think that they deserve it, we are in the wrong place. You know, there are some new age trends that you know, in which people like to thank nature or thank the air, thank the earth, thank this, thank that. If you do it in thinking, assuming, presuming that they deserve it, no, you attributed a share of your Lord's Lordship and divinity to them. That's a dangerous place to be. It, it might even amount to shirk, ascribing partners to, to God. Now, we take care of them. We attend to them. We appreciate them. Because this is what our Lord chose, chose as the means for his blessings to get to us. 
and he also created an order in the universe that requires he ordained that order in the universe that requires that we attend to them in order to receive his blessings so we attend to them we appreciate them we do whatever we do in our interaction with those apparent causes not because they are causes in an in an active sense in in a sense that they are active agents of what is happening but because this is what our lord ordered us to do the the laws that we receive from our lord are not confined to the laws in the scripture that say you know pray five times a day don't drink alcohol don't steal do this do that that is the sharia that is the uh, you know sharia that is sent uh, through revelation revealed sharia but there is also a sharia that is embedded in the creation sharia taqwiniya the the sharia of creation right if you water the plant it grows and gives you uh, food therefore water the plant how do we learn we learn that with trial and error with experience or god teaches it to one of his prophets and we learn that from the prophets right so we attend to them but we do not attend to them thinking that they deserve it it's only god who deserves the gratitude and the thanks right so we even show them much respect and the respect we even show them much respect and we thank them even though they do not deserve it yet by means of that blessing the true blesser deserves unlimitedly more gratitude and respect and thanks etc than those causes so we need to put everything where it belongs to it is god the true blesser who deserves gratitude unlimitedly more gratitude than those causes thus thanking him knowing those blessings directly from him and appreciating the value of those blessings is possible because we need to do that we want to thank him knowing them as directly from him appreciating the value of the blessings that he provides to us right this is possible by feeling one's own neediness for those blessings the more we feel that neediness and understand that left to our own means without our lord's grace we are nothing and we cannot procure any of our needs the more we understand this the more we find ourselves in a position to be able to appreciate him right partly because through our neediness we recognize the very blessing and also partly because through our neediness we also understand that those apparent causes are themselves needy and they cannot be the providers it is god and god alone who is the provider he created a an order once again and there are wisdoms uh, for him creating this order this nizam this system in the universe with causes and effects there are wisdoms for that one that we can think of 
uh, immediately is that well this is a this is a world a realm of uh, testing and trial we need to see the blesser behind those apparent causes that is the test so if all answers were already marked on the test sheet quiz sheet it would not be a test it would not be a trial the there are options multiple choice options and we are given the means the faculties instruments to identify the true option so we need to do something we need to do the identification we need to do the appreciation but there has to be a multiple choice quiz so that our identification has meaning so there are those causes and there are other you know wisdoms to that they are promulgating they are promulgators of our lord's names and attributes the apricot tree as it extends its branches and the little you know uh, yellow orange uh, globes are dangling on its branches beautiful attractive it is promulgating i am the tray bearer of the merciful one i am the tray bearer of the provider come get the blessings of your lord it is promulgating right so when we are really needy when we feel our need for these blessings we start to recognize oh it is my lord who provided this to me oh it is my lord who provided that to me oh it is my lord who keep going the more of those blessings you you recognize the more you will be able to know your lord as the blessor behind it the more you will be able to appreciate his blessing the closer you will get to your lord işte ramazan şerifteki oruç hakiki ve halis azametli ve umumi bir şükrün anahtarıdır. Çünkü sair vakitlerde mecburiyet tahtında olmayan insanların çoğu hakiki açlık hissetmedikleri zaman çok nimetlerin kıymetini derk edemiyor. Kuru bir parça ekmek tok olan adamlara hususan zengin olsa ondaki dereceyi nimet anlaşılmıyor. Halbuki iftar vaktinde o kuru ekmek bir müminin nazarında çok kıymetli bir nimet ilahi olduğuna kuvve-i zaikası şehadet eder. Padişah'tan ta en fukaraya kadar herkes Ramazan-ı Şerif'te o nimetlerin kıymetlerini anlamakla bir şükrü maneviye, maneviye mazhar olur. Therefore, the fasting in the noble Ramadan is the key for a true, pure, tremendous and universal gratitude. True, there is, you know, there is no ostentation, there is no blending with other things. You know, it is true because we feel our neediness to to the end of it and through that we feel that gratitude that sense of gratitude in a true and pure way and also in a tremendous way because we start to recognize how tremendous a thing it is that he is providing us individual and everything else and once we get to that point of recognizing him as a blesser of everything else our gratitude starts to acquire a universal aspect which is you know for human beings alone 
the hair that is that finds a little piece of um, clover right with the with the pleasure and and its response to that pleasure it shows gratitude but it cannot show gratitude for all the clovers that all hairs eat all all pieces of uh, you know all plants that all um, all animals eat it cannot show gratitude for all nutrition that all animals and plants receive and people receive but we as human beings can think of this we can expand our gratitude to a universal degree in ramadan this is more possible there is a key in our hands to realize that this is because in other times when the majority of those who are not under the pressure of necessity do not feel hunger they cannot perceive the value of such blessings like most people alhamdulillah on earth at a given time most people are not under the pressure of necessity many are many are living under the poverty line etc but we also need to have a uh, a, a you know, better definition of poverty and and pressure of necessity if you have enough food to survive the day then you are not really under the pressure of necessity for instance uh, consuming something haram something that is illicit does not become uh, permissible for you if you have enough food to survive the day now you survive the day the next day came and now you you don't have uh, food to survive the day that's another question right so the majority of those who are not under the pressure of necessity and especially those who are rich right do not feel hunger they cannot perceive the value of such blessings again we fall uh you know under the veil of heedlessness we become desensitized we cannot perceive the value of such blessings people with full stomachs and especially if they are rich cannot understand the degree of blessing in a dry piece of bre bread right it is uh, narrated from uh, isa and god knows the best that that he has said that hunger is his spice the spicing what does spice do it gives taste to the foods it makes it more delicious more appealing hunger does that too people with full stomachs and especially if they are rich cannot understand the degree of blessing in a dry piece of bread however at the time of fast breaking a believer's faculty of taste testifies to what a precious divine blessing that dry bread is in his sight during the noble ramadan everybody from the king to the poorest person are graced graced with the realization of a metaphysical gratitude by understanding the value of those blessings hunger helps us appreciate and the faculty of taste testifies to the to the value the preciousness of the blessing that is in front of us be it a piece of dry bread be it a shoulder of a lamp hem gündüzdeki yemekten memnuniyeti cihetiyle o nimetler benim mülküm değil ben bunların tenavülünde hür değilim demek başkasının malıdır ve inamıdır 
onun emrini bekliyorum diye nimeti nimet bilir, bir şükrü manevi eder. Moreover, since eating is prohibited during the day, the believer recognizes the blessing as blessing and shows a metaphysical gratitude by saying, those blessings are not my property. I am not free in consuming them. In that case, they are the property of and a blessing from someone else. Right? I don't have them. They are not my property, but they are here in front of me. That, that, that means that they are the property of somebody else and a blessing from someone else. Whoever owns them gave it to me. I am waiting for his command. Right? During the day, he is prohibited. As the time for dusk, for fast-breaking approaches, he starts to recognize. This is not mine. I am not free in consuming them. I know that I cannot partake from it. I know that I cannot eat it. In that case, they are the property of and a blessing from someone else. And it is his command that I'm waiting in order to start eating. İşte bu suretle oruç çok cihetlerle hakiki vazife insani olan şükrün anahtarı hükmüne geçer. Thus, in these ways, the fasting becomes in effect the key for gratitude. Key for gratitude. Gratitude is a treasury. If we open its gates and enter in it, we will find a, a, a tremendous treasure. Right? So fasting gives us that key. Fasting helps us break the veil, the walls of heedlessness. Fasting helps us recognize the causer of all causes as the cause of the act of provision and blessing that we are benefiting from. Fasting helps us find true, pure, and tremendous and universal gratitude, which is the true human duty in many respects. The true human duty, the purpose of being a human being that we just talked about. So, Ramadan Kerim, happy, blessed Ramadan. May God accept our uh, worship in this blessed month, our fasting, our recitations of Quran, our prayers. May he make it a blessing for the entire humanity and for all believers. May, it, may he make it a means for lifting the many many tribulations that are afflicting believers all around the world be it wars be it the oppression of oppressive states be it the oppression of believers over believers be it the oppression of non-believers disbelievers over believers may he lift the tribulation of this pandemic may he make it easier for all of us and may he most importantly enable us to to see reality as reality is to break through the veil of heedlessness to break through the oppression of our desensitization as a result of our drowning by the causes and the multiplicity of the world may he help us find him subhanaka 
Al-Fatiha, as-salawatullah.